0: Hello dear friends, hope you've all been peaceful in the Lord during the past week. May grace and peace abound in God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Revelation Bible Study number 37 from Last Days Ministry here at WGM Church. Before we continue with today's Bible study, let's begin with the words from Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth in noonday, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, My Salvation The words of Revelation are especially given by our Lord through the Apostle John. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. God's plan is the dispensation of the fullness of times. God has set a time. The age of grace will soon end when the Lord comes to the air. Therefore, today is the time to receive salvation and a day to receive grace. Only the blood of Jesus Christ is the power and gospel that paid the price for our redemption. Only by fully trusting his blood, confessing that you are a sinner and receiving Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, can you be born again by the Holy Spirit and enter the kingdom of God. This is the gospel. There is nothing else. Therefore, realizing that we are sinners is the greatest blessing. We can see in the Psalms that David did not realize that he was a sinner and he always confessed to his righteousness. But after sinning, he confessed he was conceived as a sinner in his mother's womb. We must realize that we are all sinners. Because we were born as sinners, we cannot help but commit sin And when we confess that we have no ability to do the word of God, cannot love, and are completely dead, the Lord will come to save us so that we can be born again by the Holy Spirit. I pray you will receive salvation today. Last time we finished chapter 17 and started with chapter 18 up to verse 2. Let us preview the contents of chapter 18 a little bit. Revelation chapter 18 is about Babylon the Great. The word of God is directly spoken and is literally fulfilled. The Lord has interpreted everything he spoke in parables. Therefore, everything else will be literal. However, if you interpret them as a metaphor or allegory, you will lose all the substance inside and be deceived by Satan. Chapter 18 verse 2 calls Babylon the Great a filthy city, verse 3 calls a drunken, pagan in verse 4, proud in verse 7, popular in verse 9, mighty in verse 10, it is also commercial in verse 11, and rich according to 17.4 in chapter 18.12. It is damned, according to Revelation 18, verse 5, and absolutely doomed by God, according to 18, verse 21. It is destined to burn and keep on burning after it is destroyed here on earth. Such is the appearance of the Church of Rome. As mentioned from last episode, among the millions of cities around the world, only one is rich, fortified, Whoremongers to God, mysterious, doomed to death, cursed, commercial, filthy, drunken, pagan, proud, and sitting on seven hills. The symbol of which is the cup, clothed in purple robe and scarlet, historically has killed Christians and they reign over the kings of the earth and is responsible for the blood of the prophets and saints. That city is none other than the Church of Rome. Revelation 18, verse 3 and 4, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not her plagues. My people, in verse 4, are the Jews during the tribulation. It can be spiritually applied for born-again Christians to come out of the Roman Church. There are many Roman Catholics who accept Jesus Christ and have been saved. They are told to come out of it. Martin Luther proclaimed people to come out of the Roman Catholic Church during Reformation. We need to know just how many people the Jesuit order of the Roman Catholic Church killed in collaboration with the Nazis throughout history. Don't be fooled by the Roman Catholic's smokescreen. The words of 18 verse 4 were spoken to Israel during the tribulation. Of course, indirectly, if you are a member of the Roman Catholic Church today, you should know right away that it is the Lord's command to realize to come out as soon as possible. Revelation 18 verse 5 and 6 For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled her to her double. Comparatively, Revelation 17.4 says, And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. In the future the Lord will come and remember their injustice and will pay vengeance, double, to those who kill God's people and God's children. Verse 7 through 14 How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I stood a queen and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth, who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her, when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas! Alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thine wood." and all manner vessels of ivory, and all manner vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, and iron, and marble, and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and souls of men, And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. Interestingly enough, starting with gold, the last item the Roman Catholic Church devours through their greed, ends with human souls. In other words, the Church of Rome is interested in money at first, then ultimately in souls of the people. In fact, it is the Roman Catholic Church who benefits enormously through Christmas and Easter. Vast commercial gains are made through such annual events. However, we must not fall into their deception just as the rest of the world, but utilize them as opportunities to testify of the birth and resurrection of Christ. Therefore, this great Roman Catholic ecclesiastical system is sustained entirely by the commerce and trade of all nations. They have no birth restrictions, as they encourage marriages and starting of big families to get them to buy diapers, strollers, clothes, cars, and housing. In other words, the difference between rich and poor around the world is due to commercial activities that carry out the Roman Catholic teachings. And we must know that the world influenced by this false Christianity. Was built on this commercial foundation. The primary interest of this Church of Babylon the Great is gold, then silver, and the last item on this list, as we just read, are the souls of people. This fake church eventually takes people's souls, and we can see that they do not save them out of pity. They may lead to conversion but do not teach that salvation is achieved by preaching and having them receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Pastor Song preached the gospel to Spanish-speaking Central and South America, it broke his heart to see that they knew the name of Jesus Christ, but did not know what it meant to be saved, and they just simply celebrated Sunday Mass. However, when he preached the gospel to them, he was very grateful to see them accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior with gratitude and confessing themselves that Jesus Christ was within them. Babylon the Great, the Roman Catholic Church, do absolutely nothing up until they are called to perform sacrament of atonement before people die. But we must know that even that is not about receiving Jesus Christ. For this reason, you must be wise and know this fact now and the true identity of Babylon the Great during the tribulation. Revelation eighteen fifteen through 19. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster, and all the company and ships and sailors, and many as trade by sea, stood afar off, and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads, and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Take a listen to Revelation 17 verse 18 about the true identity of Babylon the Great, the Roman Catholic Church. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. No city on earth governs kings and presidents of the world, None other than the Vatican City. We must distinguish this very well. Here, Babylon is never about the world. Babylon is not some carnally obscene woman. God clearly said in Revelation seventeen eighteen that this woman is the great city that rules over kings of the earth. Verses fifteen through nineteen in the text tells us how nations such as Spain, Italy, the United Nations, NATO, etc allied with the Church of Rome, having economic and diplomatic exchanges with each other, and are engulfed in chaos, and the commercial system is disrupted as their market will completely collapse. Revelation 18 verse twenty, twenty one, 21 and 22 Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians, and of pipers and trumpeteers, shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman or whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Notice the word craft. It also means cunning as in Daniel 8.25. And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. Talking about the Antichrist and his coming deceptive works. We see the comparison between Antichrist and craft, and the reference to above verses can be found reading Daniel 11 verse 43 and Jeremiah chapter 50 verse 21 through 31. Moving on to Revelation 18 verse 23 and 24. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. Last episode we mentioned for a thousand years, from 500 AD to 1500, 60 million Jews and Christians were murdered by the Roman Catholic system. And in her was found the blood of prophets, and of saints, and of all that were slain upon the earth. This is the word of God. Indeed, we have heard such tremendous words, and although we may be afraid in a way, there will be a terrible judgment when the Lord comes. Jesus died miserably at the first coming, but the second coming will come regardless of sin. The Lord endured for two thousand years. That is why you must believe in the Lord now. You must repent. The Lord has already forgiven all our sins on the cross. Therefore, after his resurrection, the Lord told his disciples, And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Luke 24:47. God has already forgiven your sins. All you have to do is believe. There is no saving for those who do not respond to this word. Now, people who proclaim, I will not believe in that Jesus, I'm not a sinner, they won't be saved. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3, verse 23. And then Romans 6, verse 23, for the wages Of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Would you sin and end up in hell forever? Or would you rather accept Jesus Christ and receive God's gift? Anyone listening to this message today who have yet to receive God's gift, you should know that now is the time to receive grace and salvation. We'll continue on to chapter 19. Chapter 19 takes the reader through the end of the tribulation. We get to see the end of the tribulation and the Lord coming back. Chapter 20 will revisit the battle of Armageddon that took place in chapter 6. This was revealed in Revelation 6 verse 15 through 17. Also chapter 11 verse 15 and 14 verse 20 have already roughly described the battle of Armageddon. These descriptions are the four gospels of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Chapters 19, 6, 11, and chapter 14 are the four Gospels, which are the Gospel about God's people and His children. But for the rest of the world, it is a Gospel of judgment. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four Gospels happening simultaneously. It means to believe in the Gospel and receive salvation. Otherwise, if you don't believe in the Gospel, you will go to hell. It is a blessing to those who believe and a curse to those who do not. Before we begin studying chapter 19, it would be useful to go back to the Old Testament and preview the parts that refer to the Battle of Armageddon. Now since the second coming of Jesus Christ is the most important event on God's calendar, we must all remember that the Old Testament tells us five times more about this final event that is taking place in Revelation 19 about the first coming of Jesus Christ. The bloody crucifixion is the most significant event for us sinners. The most amazing event in history is the day when Jesus Christ left the glory of heaven and came down to earth in the middle of the night, suffered and died for our sins. But this is from a human point of view. From God the Father's point of view, The most interesting thing is not the day when his son came down to earth and was mocked, despised, and cursed by sinful humans. The great day in God the Father's calendar is when his son comes back to earth and possesses that which rightly belongs to him. Therefore, the greatest event in the Bible is the day of the Lord. It is the day of wrath, the judgment day the second coming of Jesus Christ. The relevant passage for this event is Genesis 3, verse 15. Her seed, it shall bruise thy head. The only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, who comes as the seed of Israel, the seed of the woman, will bruise the head of Satan, the seed of the serpent. This is the very first gospel spoken by God himself in the Garden of Eden. The serpent is Satan, whose seed is the Antichrist, the son of perdition. Just as the Son of God is Jesus Christ, the Antichrist is the son of Satan and will soon appear as the son of perdition. Bruising of the head did not happen when Christ died on the cross, but will happen when Christ returns. The Apostle Paul spoke of the serpent's head bruising a few years after the resurrection of Jesus. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Romans 16 verse 20 The day of the second coming is being spoken of here. In Genesis chapter 6, we see the days of Noah. And Christ likened, the days of Noah will be like the day of the Son of Man. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given a marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Luke 17, verse 26 and 27. Also in Genesis 19, we see the days of Lot. Jesus also said that the day of the Son of Man would be like the days of Lot. Also, we can see the day of the Second Coming in Genesis 49, verse 9 through 12. And we can especially compare Genesis 49, verse 11 with Revelation chapter 14. Also, Genesis 49, verse 17 and 18 are verses related to the Second Coming. And verse 24, is about Jesus Christ appearing as the first shepherd and the stone of Israel. We must know that this is the stone that struck the idol, the image in Daniel's vision. The second coming is when a stone cut out without hands strike the idol and shattering it into pieces. The giant image in Daniel's vision refers to all nations of mankind. Also, Exodus chapters 4 to 10 show the plagues that will repeat at the Lord's second coming. Exodus 15, verse 1-19, through 19, we see the type of Armageddon and Satan's defeat. The worship and praise of Miriam is a celebration of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We see the Jews walk across the Red Sea as Pharaoh and his armies die. This is also a foreshadowing of the disasters that will happen at the second coming because Egypt symbolizes the world, and Pharaoh symbolizes Satan. Therefore, Exodus 17, verse 16, is a type of the second coming of Christ. Leviticus 26, verse 1 through 12, we see the promised blessing of a thousand years. Also in verse 13 to 43, we see the promise of wrath to be fulfilled during the tribulation. Then in Numbers chapter 21 to 24, it deals with the second coming with needs to pay special attention to Numbers 24, verse 15 through 19, verse 22 and 23. We also see the curses of tribulation in Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 and 2 are the blessings of the millennium promised concurrently with Israel's conversion. And the rest of chapter 28 deals with what will happen to Israel before the church age and the second coming. Deuteronomy chapter 29 deals with curses Israel will actually experience before the second coming. Then Deuteronomy 23 verse 1 through 9 contains the content of the second coming. Then in chapters 32 and 33 it also deals with the second coming. There are many words pertaining to the second coming. You will never see them if you are blind. We also learned beforehand that the book of Joshua is a type of second coming. In Joshua chapter 6, Jericho is symbolized as a type of the cursed city of Babylon. The day the sun stood still, causing the moon to not rise during the battle in Joshua chapter 10, is an advanced revelation of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Also, Judges chapter 5 is a scene of the second coming, and chapter 7 symbolizes the battle of Armageddon and the second coming. The book of Ruth refers to the threshing floor as it shows the second coming of Christ. John the Baptist also said, "...whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purchase his floor..." and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire, in Matthew three, verse twelve. It is worth noting that David's battles with the Philistines in Second Samuel are scenes of the second coming of Christ. David appears in these texts as a type of Christ, the king. Then in second Samuel eight verse three, David was going to get the land promised to Abraham when he was trying to restore his borders on the banks of the Euphrates. The land will be given to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob during the Millennial Kingdom after the Second Coming. The book of Job contains 42 chapters in total and Daniel's 70th week, 42 months, which is the seven-year tribulation. You can see that it refers to the latter three and a half years. Psalm 45 is the wedding of the Lamb, which takes place during the tribulation. Everything in Psalm 68 speak of the second coming and the millennium. Psalm 69, 72, and 74 deal with the tribulation. And we know that Psalm 78 and everything from Genesis to Joshua deals with the second coming. Also, all the contents of Psalm 99 come after the second coming of Jesus Christ during the Millennial Kingdom. Psalm 105 is entirely about the second coming. Psalm 114 symbolizes the second coming of Christ. Also, Psalm 124 and 132 sing of the joy of the Jews after the second coming. The content of the second coming is so numerous that it is hard to list them all. The second coming of Christ is the most important doctrine in the Bible. Without the second coming of Christ, the sacraments of the Church, baptism, and even salvation seem meaningless. Anyone who invests as much time as they can in the Word of God will find that the most important subject of the Holy Bible is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This topic is the key to understanding the Bible. But the problem is, people just simply don't study or read the Bible. I could go on and on, but for the sake of time, we'll end it here today and talk about it another time. Blessings to you in the name of Christ Jesus, that you will all be victorious in the Lord this week. Amen.